Why are we going to let this man sit on hold? He can just jump on in. Because that's is, my dog. This is uh, Big Savagery, we call him Ramon Foster. Yeah. yeah. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, fellas, I fell up on a thread the other day on, on Instagram that had Razor Ramon, and I can't lie. That was a cold-blooded dude, man, who embraced the bad guy role yeah. and played it well, like, so there was good. none. Uh, there was nobody better than him because he was just cool and bad. Are you trying so to you tell me be, you're going to embrace the bad guy role? I can't man, really see that, Ramon Foster. I'm telling hey, we have another Ramon hate week, I might. <laughs> see? <laughs> my boy going to be ready. That's why I miss Dawn so much, man. I miss giving her crap all the time. Well, just give to me. Uh, so, no, yeah, yeah, there you go. Hey, free Dawn. That's what we're doing. Free Dawn. Free. Free Babs. So do we need to ask Buck Rising when Dawn Davenport's coming off IR? We must ask him. Yeah. That's the problem. Her and you usually get off quicker when you bring that up. Yeah, her and Malcolm so Butler just sitting over there. So do Hanging out playing spades. I don't know. Hey. Ramon. That's exactly what they doing. Um, Ramon Foster uh, with us. It is a playoff week. And uh, I'm going to start with you the same way I started with the other OG, OG, Roger Saffold, the other day. Give us a sense as to the difference between playing in a playoff game and, and ramping up during a playoff week compared with the regular season. Ooh, Brent. Uh, it's the, it, and it, so you said the word understanding, and that's where it is. It's the understanding of what's in front of you. And, like, if you're a young guy, you really don't know. You just got to follow the bets into the playoffs. But as a veteran guy, you know this about the playoffs, man. You know that the D-lineman across from you is got the mindset, I got to go mess this guy up because all our hopes and dreams rely on this. Mind you, too, there's also the financial benefit of winning games, too, because a lot of these guys are actually being underpaid because of, you know, because of, you know, their salaries are more than what the playoffs pay them. That goes into effect. So you don't want to be playing one game and then you're out of the playoffs and I'm going to throw a number out there, and it's still going to be ludicrous, but you, you're going to get paid $7,000 as opposed to some guy's going to make $70,000 a week. So if, it's gonna, if I'm in the playoffs, it's worth my while. But not only that, like you're actually in the show. And for the guys like, you know, the Tennessee Titans who got a number one overall seed, that's the other part of it too is you don't want to disappoint and let down the fact that you yeah. let all of, your pre, all of your regular season get flushed down the drain by dropping the ball. So I got to turn it up a little bit more than the guy crossing me. That means as far as wide receivers, I, my routes got to be a little bit crisper. Like I always notice in playoff settings, when you get into the thick of it, practice gets a little bit quieter, not silent, but just a little bit quieter. The detail goes up a little bit more because it's, it's not, all right, well, we drop them, we got one next week. That's not yeah. the mindset. The mindset is from the first snap, to the end of the game, I'm going to embarrass you. And, and truth be told, on the pedestrian on the fan side of it now, as a, as, a, as a fan, somebody who covers the game too, that's why you can't even be mad if a team blows you out. Like Kansas, what Kansas City did to Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. that's what the playoffs say they should have did. What Buffalo did to the Patriots, that's what the playoffs suggest you do. What You know, the way the 49ers left out of uh, AT&T Stadium in Dallas, where Trent Williams is getting flipped off and he's laughing at the fans, that's what the playoffs do to you. If I can embarrass you in the playoffs, just see me next year. Yeah. That's the mindset because I'm going to dog you from the beginning of the game to the end. It's, not no, it's, it's no coasting yeah. in the playoffs. And I say that for the players, for the coaches, and for the fans. 
there is no tomorrow if you lose. That's why it's an understanding that is different, Brent. Yeah. So you mentioned you mentioned the one seed, obviously. So is there? You got me thinking while you were talking about this. Is there a certain amount of pressure that you feel as a number one seed? Because you've been there. I have. Uh, it, it is, and it's the uh, like I said, the embarrassment of it. Like when we had the one seed, you know, we had the two seed actually, and um, we had the bye. The last one that we had, I never forget. Like when we lost that game to Jacksonville. My whole mindset was, I, I can't believe we lost. You know, like that was the mindset because you've been the big dogs the entire year as far as having a good record, 13-3 and three on the season and yeah. stuff like that. And you, you're like, I can't believe I lost because you're not supposed to because your seeding says you got to go and win these games. And the fact that the Titans are the one seed, like Cincinnati is going to be gunning for them. Like I know, you know, the, the Titans fans, not the players, like to say the underdog. But, like, Cincinnati's walking into Nashville and saying to themselves, we are the underdogs and we got to go knock off Goliath. And that's the mindset for those dudes. So, like, I do my, – my prediction is the Titans win convincingly. I said boat race earlier. You know what? I'm going to stand by that. But the idea that Cincinnati's going to lay down, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that, look, they got enough swagger and they're going to lean more into that, hey, it's us versus them. And, you know, the whole article's breaking, you know, they want, uh, they're making it harder for Cincinnati fans to get into the stadium mm-hmm. as far as the ticket, ticket transfer and stuff. The way I'm seeing Joe Burrow approach his guys, he's going to think about that, play in and play out. He might say that in the locker room before they walk out there. Hey, it's us versus all of these dudes out there on the field, including their fans and the people that think that you know Cincinnati is going to get washed out. That's going to be the mentality of it, Brent. And that, that one seed, holds a lot because this is the first year where it's only been one on each side. Right. And, and guess what, Savage? So looking at it, at this point, you watching this team this year, you covered them last year as well. Do you see a difference in this group? Me, personally, I'm looking at it as, man, you got the one seed. So mm-hmm. like you said, the expectation is there. Along with that one seed, you still have five to six segments go by on all of the sports networks, and you don't get mentioned. The teams that get to get, get put out of the playoffs get mentioned before you do. Yeah. So when it comes to the expectation and the love and letdown, doesn't the media help that with this bunch this time? With the time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did an interview a couple hours ago on the Baltimore station about this Titans and and Cincinnati matchup. And that was one of the questions they asked me is, you know, how does this team hold true to the number one seed uh, as as far as, you know, having the bye week and everything? Do you think they'll, you know, settle in and not really give it much thought as far as the Cincinnati Bengals? I was like, you got to really understand their head coach too. Mm -hmm. Rabel has been in these situations with his past playing career as far as the Patriots. They were number one seeds. They were the big dogs. And he understands, I think, more than anything, the identity of what it takes to be a championship-caliber team when you get to this point. And I say this point, too, because they were front runners, but they always played like they had no chance. Mm -hmm. And if you look at their roster, they had receivers you didn't know about. They had the the fast white guy slot receiver that dogged everybody. They had a tight end that usually you didn't know nothing about. Mm -hmm. And the Tom Brady, who was not agile, and we respect him now, but – we didn't think much of Tom Brady in that extra in that earlier era of the Patriots right. when Brable was playing with them. Yes. So 
I told them, I was like, the mindset is their coach's mindset. I don't think he'll allow them to buy into the one seed. I think he'll let them buy into the idea, or he let them buy into the idea, look, you earned your rest. Mm-hmm. But when you heard Raj last time y'all were in Clarksville, what did he say? He was like, man, they got Thursday, Friday, and Saturday off. They were back practicing on Sunday. Like, that's the mentality. And then also seeing the fact that he put them in pass this late in the season. Like, there is no off days <laughs> as far as the mindset of what they're doing. So I don't necessarily think that they're feeling high and mighty about it. I think they're of the mindset that, look, <laughs> they still got a whole lot to prove because of those points, run. Like, yeah. there's there's absolutely nobody honestly giving them a shot. Yeah, I don't, I don't do think they weekend. even think about it. Right. I, honestly, and, and the reason right. being, the reason I brought that up is because you talk about the one seed, but they've been treated differently than any other one seed that ever has been. Yeah. Like, you look across across the playoff picture in the NFC, they're not treated like Green Bay is. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. They treat it like they're a wild card team that accidentally got a bye. And nobody can figure out how. Accidentally. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's crazy. So, with that in mind, Moan, and you got the, you got the vets on this, on this front line. Speaking of the O-line, and I'm talking of the trenches. On this O-line and the D-line, guys that have been there before. This is not like you walking into it. This team got lucky, got hot at the last time, at the last minute. Got the one seed, got the bye. No. Then they get ready to go into the second. This is a team that has been in the playoffs. They've been to uh, and gotten accolades. They've got a 2,000-yard uh, rusher. They've done it without guys. Like, they're battered and bruised and looking to earn that respect. How do you see it playing out in the trenches for these guys, physically and mentally? Man, uh, you know, my, my, my biggest point, well, my, my focus point of this weekend is one group in particular. It's the offensive line for mm-hmm. those points right there. <clears throat> the fact that they're down, Larry Ogunjobi, the fact that Trey Henderson is, has become the guy. You got uh, uh, Sam Hubbard, and they got a bunch of guys that they got, a, you know, you know they, they got some playmakers in Cincinnati. Right. What? This group that's been together, the run-left mantra that Roger and Taylor got, mm-hmm. them dudes got to show up because they best. Ben Jones, hey, we, hey, more than anything, and I knew this too, that door's more closed then it is open for him also. Yeah. Nate, you got a lot to prove, too. Hey, Quesenberry, you plan for another contract and opportunity to stay with the Titans or be with somebody else next year. They're the biggest group on the field. They're the oldest group on the team. And the idea that, look, it falls on their back because there's a chink in the armor on what Cincinnati got going on. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing, too, the reason I put it on them. Cincinnati doesn't care about the 51 sacks that they gave up. That's what I've learned from talking to Cincinnati media this year. They don't give a darn about anything to do with those 51 sacks because you know why? Joe Burrow is getting that ball out as quick as he can to his playmakers. So if you get to him, fine. But you better get to him again and again and again. And that's a tough task to ask for a group. Right. Play in and play out. You hope that they're doing the smarter about, as far as the Titans line, they're smarter about the rush and getting their hands up and batting balls down and stuff like that and not falling for the okey-doke in the screen game, which is what Cincinnati does also. So the biggest component to this week falls on the fact that this O-line needs this more than anything for the, for the Titans. And the other part is the longer you're on the field with Derek Herring or Deontay Foreman, because it's more about 22 being back this week, mm-hmm. the better it's going to be for your team to get a win more than anything. It's on that group to run the ball. Because what – run, Brent, why are y'all going to the game? You're going to the game to see the intro. Derek Henry and if he's back. Yeah. So that falls on the back of the offensive line. 
Mm-hmm. Ramon Foster with us. Jay Martin Ramon, 6 to 10 weekday mornings right here on 104.5 The Zone. Catch Ramon on Twitter, at Ramon Foster. I talked to an NFL offensive lineman today about Trey Hendrickson because he is good to go. He has cleared concussion yeah. protocol. Um, and, and this player said he's got power and he's crafty. And they talked about, we were talking about the, the games that they'll play, like all, all teams run games. But the games are more effective when you have big bodies on that defensive line, and Cincinnati's got that. So I think you're right on it on the offensive line. That's the first place everybody needs to watch, I think. Oh, no doubt. And Trey's a savvy guy, man. He's a, a, a never-die type of dude. I wrote him in my notes, man, big-body guy that has a motor. And those dudes yeah. are just hard because they never stop. He's got low hands as far as, you know, pushing guys back and getting – it's not like with him – He's Von Miller type of where he's bending and breaking the edge. You know what I'm saying? Touching the ground with his elbow to get a sack. He's not doing that. He's pushing you back, releasing off of you, and then able to, you know, just crowd your quarterback. Uh, as far as Taylor's concerned, as far as seeing him and Questenberry, be strong, uh, have the ability to, you know, if you stop him, push him backwards. Don't let him jump in bat balls, man. He's going to be the guy that leads that group this week because he's demanded that respect. Also, it's not like he's the impossible task. You just can't die out with him because he's not going to quit. And you know what? I respect that out of him, but he got to get it this week, y'all. I'm sorry. Any way he can. If he got a concussion, you know what? Hey, this is what my tackle would do with me. Hey, Moan, I'm going to set him up. You come knock him down. (laughs) That's the mentality on Trey this weekend. Mm -hmm. Buck threw out some really interesting stats from ESPN Stats and Info. um, that The Titans rank number two in the NFL in terms of least amount of blitzes, right? Like they rush four. That that's that's yeah. that's their concept. That's who they are defensively and it helps out that secondary. There's no question. The other part of that stat that I found to be interesting and and you find this with Patrick Mahomes as well is that Joe Burrow's quarterback rating actually falls 37% when you rush four. Which means he's trying to decipher coverage, right? When you're yeah. blitzing, it makes it easier for a quarterback to figure out things that are going. So when you don't get home, they have a chance at the big play. I, I thought that those were two interesting numbers. You know what? Uh, and I hate to keep referencing when I play, but it's best experience to break it down this way. Though. Yeah, so let me sure. say this. When, when, when I played and we would go empty and teams would send it at us, you want to talk about lighting up like a light bulb? Yeah. Oh, Ben loved it because he knew if this guy come, this guy come, he's got his gaps and holes right here. And don't let it be one of those situations where you send seven or you send, yeah, you send six or seven, and he knows he's got the one-on-one, he's got guys down the field that can catch it. Oh, you live with that because the test has already been solved for you. If I only got five guys in coverage, guess what? I know I can win. I know my guys are going to win. So that's what Joe lived at. The fact that, and I, I had other defenders tell me this too when we were playing against was like, Man, our recipe for y'all when I played was just sit back and let Ben make a mistake. Because in your mind, like you said, you don't know if they're going to be in one, two, cover three, cover four, right. or, or whatever they're going to do, or they're bracketing. They're playing cover two on one side and four on another. Like, that's what teams do to quarterbacks like that. Joe Flourish is on the fact that you making a mistake and not being patient. The luxury for the Titans that they have is they can get home with four. You know, Jeff can go bully some guys, but – that group right there got to be smart this weekend more than anything because Joe still will run outside yep. the pocket or the idea that, look, if they keep a running back in or, or, or Uzuma, Uzuma, however you say his name, uh, they're tight end, mm-hmm. they'll kill you in the screen game. I appreciate the idea that you want to knock Joe Burrow out of the game this week, but if the coverage is intact this Saturday 
and you're able to get to him and at least get into his passing lanes, I think that's where you get Joe Burrow the most. And the two dudes that I'm looking as far as the underneath coverage of the running back and the tight end, got to be Zach Cunningham and it's also got to be David Long Jr. Those two dudes got to have a monster game this weekend. Man, don't isn't it lovely, man, to go out there and have some depth at that spot, man? <laughs> Isn't like, it lovely? Man, you feel me, Steve, all day long. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Savage, you look at that, man, and, and you, the, what's being talked about is the wide receivers versus the secondary of the Titans. Um, the wide right. receivers from the Bengals, secondary from the Tennessee Titans. Looking at that, man, what do you see? What, what, what do you see that the Titans will be able to take advantage on quickly um, and just in the secondary period? I think the bodies. Yeah. I think if you got the ability to have uh, Bayard double, you know, Jamar. If you, mm-hmm. if you got Jack Rabbit and you got Bayard over the top of, 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 of Jamar Chase, then you got something on it. Or if you put uh, Fulton on, on T. Higgins and he's a big wide receiver, mm-hmm. like being in zone to where, you know, David Long Jr., we've seen him tip passes. Yeah. We know what Zach Cunningham can do, too. So if you drop guys deep and play underneath covers with that right there and you take the top off with Bayer on the back end at the safety position, then you've got something. That's where Bayer is going to capitalize on a, you know, a loose ball that's mm-hmm. in the air as far as the pressure getting to Joe Burrow. The luxury of that is rushing with four. Or yeah. if you do send a linebacker or Elijah Moulton, you know, into the box to put pressure on Joe Burrow, get him off his spot. That's the luxury of it, those four dudes you got up front, man. And like I said, the safeties keeping the, the, the top on the back of that, that Cincinnati defense is going to be huge because you afforded that luxury of that this year. Your free agents that you signed are actually a part of everything that you got going on mm-hmm. in Bud and in the Nico Altry. Right. I love it. Yep. Ramon Foster at Ramon Foster on Twitter. Catch him again. Jay Martin, Ramon, 6 to 10 weekday mornings. We'll be listening tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, Big Savagery. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, Absolutely. Man. All right. And you can catch uh, Ramon in our chat uh, mm-hmm. quite often. Uh, Zone TV, Twitter, Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitch. Twitch, please.